Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Awesome. So good to be here. We were here on the very first, on the launch Sunday. We flew up from Adelaide to be part. Can I just, could you raise your, if you were here on launch Sunday. So there you go. So this is like, that's amazing growth in your church. It's phenomenal. Why don't you take a seat? Why don't you guys, thank you band, you guys are unbelievable, so good. Who, and who, who, you guys are getting, you're getting married in three weeks time, getting married, three weeks, so good. So uh, did you want to say something? Chichi, yeah, like it's a huge blessing even for us to be here. When uh, Melissa asked us if we wanted to come and surprise, we thought we absolutely have to be there. We feel like we're members of this church. We're family as well. We've, you know, <laughs> we, we so would love to. I love Noosa. But um, I just think it's phenomenal just uh, watching all the way from Adelaide on Instagram and hearing it's, it's true. These guys have got this kind of boyfriend relationship sort of, I'm like, just remember, you know, I'm your greatest love, not this guy. <laughs> but they do. They, it's just great to see uh, their relationship and just being able to support one it's another. Always, it's always manly talking. Manly, of course, of course. We yeah. never talk about our feelings. <laughs> anyway, so it's great to be here. But I'll um, pass it to you and blow us away with a great awesome. message. Yeah. Good. All right. So, it's uh, fantastic. I met Christian and Melissa 12... 12 years ago, we have a 12-year-old son, Jai, and a nine-year-old daughter, Leilani, and Jai was just born, and we moved, we'd, we'd been living in New Zealand, uh, I got, I got, I came to the Lord in a pretty full-on dramatic way, and I, I could write a message, and the message would be called Bongs and Bibles, <laughs> but I don't think I'll preach that message here today, because, uh, there might be some religious people that wouldn't like it, but literally I was, uh, at, I was at a point in my life, and I was just, it was funny because we were flying into Noosa and uh, coming into Maruchidor is the place when I was, uh, I would have been 19, I felt like I want to get my life right, and so we, we, I had a friend that lived in Maruchidor, and he was working on this fishing boat, a tuna boat, going out fishing 10 days and coming back in 10 days, 10 days on, 10 days off. I had moved out of home when I was 18, and I had got heavily into uh, smoking bad stuff and growing bad stuff, and uh, that had become sort of my life, growing and selling stuff as well. So uh, it was, but I got to this point, I thought, I need to get this right, and Cindy and I, we were living together, we weren't married, and it just tension in our relationship, and I thought... You know, I got to I got to get out of here. And this friend that lived in Maruchidor, he said, "Why don't you come up to Maruchidor and get a job on the fishing boat and come with me?" And uh, it's awesome. He said, 10 days on, ten days off. You know, make lots of money, catch tuna." And I thought this sounds really good. So I, I got on that fishing boat. We moved. We packed up our things. We drove from Adelaide to Maruchidor. I worked on the boat for about five or six days, painting, sanding, doing all things like that. Then it was time to go. Uh, out on the boat. We were going to be going out on the boat while I was going out on the boat. Cindy was going to drive back to Adelaide, get our belongings from Adelaide in our wagon, Commodore wagon, and drive back to Maruchidor while I was gone for 10 days. So that was the, that was the deal. You, you go pack up, I'll go to work, 
and because uh, and, I've got to get my life right. Uh, got out on that boat that night. It was rough and stormy, and I started feeling sick within a few hours. So I'm thinking, oh, no. And, uh, and then not to mention, every guy on the boat was a bachelor as well. And there were some pretty rough boys on that boat. And so I was kind of fitting in, but not really. And I was kind of thinking, I don't know if this is the life for me. Uh, I'm not sure. And then I started getting really sick. And so for the first time in my life, I prayed and said to God, I said, God, if you're there, you've got to get me off this boat. <laughs> you know, you've got to get me off this boat. And uh, anyway, I threw up all night, didn't sleep much. Woke up in the morning, went up to the guy I knew on the boat. I said, how are we looking? We're cruising down the coast. He goes, oh, we're going to have to drop into the Gold Coast, uh, to the port there. Last night, the autopilot broke on the boat. There's no point going out to sea if the autopilot's not working. So we're going to go into the Gold Coast. We're going to get it fixed. And then we're going to head out again. I just prayed that prayer, God, you've got to get me off this boat. And I thought, okay, this is just a big coincidence. Just a big coincidence. And so we arrived at the Gold Coast. I said to my friend, I said, I'm getting off. He said, what? You haven't even been out yet. He said, I, I said, this is not for me. I said, I, this is just, it's not for me. I know I'm not going to muck around. I'm not going to, this is not for me. I don't want to be on this boat. I'm getting off. I had no money. I think he gave me $15. I had my gumboots on, a backpack and a pillow under my arm. I got off on the Gold Coast. We didn't, it was like, I don't know. I was 18, so it was a long time ago, and there was no mobile phones. Cindy was on her way back to Adelaide in our car. I had no way of getting hold of her. Uh, so there was, she was going to visit her grandma, though. And so I went to a McDonald's, bought a cheeseburger. So I've got to invest here. There's no, no point doing anything on an empty stomach. Went, got a cheeseburger, rung her grandma, and said, is Cindy there? She, the grandma says, she's just about to leave back to Adelaide. I said, I need to talk to her. So, and this is kind of a hard conversation for a soon-to-be, as a fiancé, to have with your uh, soon-to-be wife. Honey, uh, the whole job thing hasn't worked out. I'm currently on the Gold Coast at McDonald's. Can you come pick me up? She's like, what? But I'm going back to Adelaide. We're going to get our stuff. We're moving. I said, yes, it's not working out. Uh, she came and got me. Went all the way back to Adelaide thinking, what am I going to do? And uh, I, I got back into smoking, smoking dope and... Went up to my mum's house one day. I said, mum, I'm feeling pretty down. I said, what's life all about? What am I meant to do? And uh, she said to me, she says, well, you know, your father and I, we've always gone to church and I know you, we believe in God and we believe that you'll find answers in the word. And, and I actually swore at it. I said, mum, you and dad, you say the same old stuff to us. I'm 18 years old. I'm asking for a real answer, and now's the time that you want to say this to me. At the time I'm really asking for help, you want to bring God into it, you want to bring his Bible into it, and you want to try and shove that stuff down my throat. This is not the time or the place, Mum, to be, I'm, you know. She says, well, I don't have any answers for you, then why don't you take the Bible home? I was like, oh, so angry. She said, take it home. I took it home, I sat down, I packed myself a bong and started smoking a bong. I opened the Bible. I read somewhere <laughs> something about giving up your wicked ways. I read those words, those words jumped off the page. God began to speak to me in the middle of the bong smoke. I think it was him. Uh, you know, and I just realized this, that God's not offended by people's sin or where people are at. God's not, 
he's not nervous about sinners or people that are in a bad place. And often as Christians, we can, we can look back and we can judge people because they're, they're not where we are. And I find that often our grace line is right behind where we are. And so we look at someone that's not where we're at. <laughs> oh, shame on you. But the reality is we were there one day too. And, and I, may be a, I may be a pastor now of a church, but I can tell you this, like I remember it like it was yesterday where I was. I know the person that I am. And, and if I was without God today, I would still be that person. God has saved me, delivered me, brought me on a journey now, and I'm doing what I'm doing today, and it's awesome. But, you know, I don't, I don't forget where he's actually brought me from. So he can always speak. The funny thing is that Christian McCudden, at this point in our lives where we'd been a bit hurt and burnt, he was a guy 12 years ago at a Phenomena Youth Conference in Sydney and came up and he said to me, hey, would you like to come out for lunch? Now, we weren't doing anything in the church, and he was the 2IC youth pastor under Jürgen and Leanne Matesius. He said, would you like to come out for lunch? I said, okay, but I kind of just snobbed him off. I thought, he's not going to follow through. He's one of those guys, you know, come out for lunch, let's catch up, you know, call me. I thought, it's not going to happen. He's, you know, and two days later he did. He rang, he said, let's do lunch. I think we've nearly, and it was love at first sight. We're lucky we don't live in the same town. Anyway, we've, we've, uh, we've, we do talk a lot, and, and, uh, and it's always we ring each other every Sunday to see how service went, and it's awesome. So uh, it's good, because we were in a school gym just like this. The worst day in the school gym was the day that it started hailing, and the hail got so loud I stopped. It just had to stop preaching. And then there was a vent up in the roof and hail started coming through the vent. So there's like maybe 25 cold people looking at me. I'm their leader. And they're looking at me and I'm, I'm thinking, I should just let these poor people go home. What's wrong with me? And then hail starts falling on them. And so they start moving the chairs around the building. And, and, and I, I, Cindy actually videoed it. On the video, I'm smiling. <laughs> it's all right, don't worry about it. I'm thinking inside, seriously, mate, give up. You're not called to do this. You're not meant to. It shouldn't be like this. But I'm glad we didn't give up. We kept going. We kept pushing through, and uh, it's awesome. So uh, Christian just totally ruined my whole message uh, You just preached out of Genesis 26. Let me read this scripture out. My message is called Blink and You'll Miss It. And I'm going to read this scripture. There was a famine in the land. This is Genesis chapter 26. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine. Does this sound familiar? That was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land which I shall tell you, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands and in your seed, your seed, All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. The name Abimelech, the guy that uh, Isaac went to see, his name literally means father, 
or father and king. And so you've got to understand Isaac, Abraham's son, his father has just died. His real dad, Abraham, has just died. He's now gone to Abimelech. Abimelech means father. In other words, Isaac has gone now to another father figure to find someone else to help him because there is a famine in the land. And when there's a famine in the land, you need someone more mature than you are that knows what's going on and what to do. Dad's dead. I can't go and see dad anymore. I need to go and now find another father figure to help me, to give me security and to give me, because you know, when you're young and you don't see yourself as a father figure yet, and the, the word to Isaac was, in your descendants, I'm giving you this land, you will multiply, you will be the father of many nations, I will bless you. The problem with that is, if we don't see ourselves as that person, we won't accept what God is actually trying to say to us. Because it's not that God doesn't see it, it's just that we don't see it. If you blink, you'll miss it. If you blink, you'll miss it. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm running out of time already, but I, I had this story, and the story was one New Year's Eve, we were down at a place, it's like, the, it's like Hastings Street, but not. And it's New Year's Eve, and the cars are like bumper to bumper. And we're sitting on the sidewalk at Walk in a Box. Do you have Walk in a Box here? Yeah, it's New Year's Eve. It's like a tie Walk in a Cheap. And taking my wife out for dinner on New Year's Eve. And it's, the, our table was literally on the curb, you know, and the cars are driving by bumper to bumper. And, and it, it was hot, like 38 degrees. And, you know, I, I took my T-shirt off down there, you know, get the muscles out, had the guns out. And the cars are driving by, and I got sitting there. She's eating walk in a box, and I wasn't, but I was sitting there with her. And this, I see this guy in a car, and he's he's looking at me. He's in his car, and he's got his hat backward and hand up on the wheel like this. Like that, and I think, oh, what's he looking at? But he's like, he's staring right at me. And uh, I just, I'm I'm the type of person that if someone stares, I look away. But then sometimes I'll just have a quick look back to see if they're still looking. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was hot, maybe it was because I had the guns out, I don't know. But for whatever reason, on this particular day, I thought, I'm going to look back. Yeah. I thought, stuff it. i got nothing to lose. I'm looking back. <laughs> I thought, I'm not breaking... You know, have you ever had a stare-off? My kids, my kids want to do, like, stare-offs now. Like, they're like, right, Dad, Dad, come here. You know, let's have a stare-off. And then and you do the old thing where you, uh, you get, you know, you're staring off, but then you, you go, you know, like that. And, of course, they blink. Yeah, you blink. You, so this is now with a complete stranger I'm having a stare-off. And I start noticing certain words coming out of his mouth. And I just, I'm just going to keep looking. <laughs> just going to keep looking because I just it was a, a personal decision that I made that today I'm going to be the guy that doesn't look away he can look away why do I always look away it's his turn to look away he needs to look away not me he's looking away today's my day you know oh, and he he pulls up right near us and when I hear words coming out I won't repeat them in church but I hear words coming out of the car and then I see his seatbelt fling off, seatbelt flings off, car door opens up, and I, I'm looking away. <laughs> he won, he won. But he gets out of his car and he does this little like, you know, I'm just, oh my goodness, and I'm sort of, you know, I'm getting my fist and I'm just clenching my fist, just if he comes over here, I'm just gonna 
bless him in Jesus' name. You know, just, and, and, but he didn't. He did this little spin. He got back in his car and uh, he, he sort of looked back. You know the, those people? And the hand's always up on the top like that. Seats back, you know, barely reaching the steering wheel like that. <laughs> and, and he looks back over at me and he takes off like that. And then he runs up the back of the car in front of him. Smack into this car. At that point, we look over there and I felt like going over there and saying something. And I said to my brother, I said, did you see that? Because in the, the car that he hit, the guy that gets out of the car that he hit is huge. And suddenly, Mr. Tough, you know, spinning around is not so tough anymore. He's, oh, sorry, man. And the guy, you know, what did you do that for? He must have blinked. He missed it. He missed it. He should have opened his eyes and seen what was happening, what was going on. What was God trying to say to Isaac? I believe there are times in our life that if it's not, it's, and don't be like a victim or if I, if I, if I blinked, I might have missed it. I've missed, there is always another opportunity for God to come around and to come through. God was trying to say something to Isaac. I need you to see yourself as this new father figure that's going to take the land. So in, it goes down here in verse 12. It says, Christian's message this morning. Then Isaac sowed in that land, reaped in the same year, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I don't need to preach on that. Christians already preached on it. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Okay, everyone starts to hate him because of this. They, the, there were wells that his, dather, uh, dather, his father had dug and they, the Philistines started stopping up these wells because they start started to get envious so let's read here in verse 17 says then Isaac departed from there pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there and Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham he called them by names which his father had called them also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of that well Essek, because they quarreled with him. Then dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also, so he called that name uh, Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it, so he called the name, uh, I don't know how to say these words, Rebo, Rebo, Rebo. It means enlargement, because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land, in, in this land. Okay, so that's nearly all I've got to say, but when, when Lissy asked me to come and speak here in, this, in your church, I felt this was like two months ago, God gave me this word for you guys in your church like, on the phone while she was talking to me. It was like, bang, that clear. And the word is this, that God wants you to, like Christian was saying, he wants you to stay. Okay, and then he wants you to sow, and you've got to understand there is a famine in the land. I believe the famine in the land speaks of a spiritual famine. This is the most amazing church and the most amazing place, and there is a great need in the community for more churches just like this one. 
the issue becomes that we don't see ourselves as the people that are going to go and take the land. So we see ourselves, oh, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not that guy yet. I'm not that person yet. I need someone else to do this for. I need a father figure. I need someone with, who's more mature. The word was to Isaac, you're going to expand. You're going to grow. You're that person now. You're going to do it. Okay, the name Essek, because as herdsmen go off and they dig these wells, that name means to strive. It means striving and contention. It means that there is a contention for water. Whenever the Bible speaks of water, it's talking about a spiritual atmosphere. There is always a contention for the atmosphere over a place over a region over even within a building what I love about this church this morning I we rocked up here at 9 30 and uh, praying and I could feel the presence of God in this place it means you've taken authority over the atmosphere it's like you're not getting pushed back you're the ones pushing in you're taking you take dominion over the atmosphere of a place there is contention for the atmosphere there is something trying to oppose trying to take what is, is yours. The next name, Sitna, which he called the next well, the name means hatred. That name Sitna, uh, it been out of hatred and malice to him that gave him so much trouble. From the word Satan has his name. It's the same name, Sitna, Satan, because these men were of a diabolical, uh, diabolical spirit, envious, spiteful, and malicious. Reboa, meaning a place of enlargement, and flourishing. Whenever we try and move into something new in our lives, we try and move forward. Whenever God speaks to us and God says, I want you to go and take the land, there is going to be instantly a tension that comes because of that. I love Christian and Melissa. We're going to go and plant a church in Noosa and it's just going to be awesome. What could go wrong? There is always a tension that comes for all of us. And any, every time we go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to make God the center of my life and I'm going to seek him. There is always this tension. Following that comes this strife, this hatred. I remember one day on a jet ski, I was bringing this jet ski into this beach. Uh, this was like maybe two or three years ago, bringing this jet ski into this beach, there was a lady swimming like maybe 50 meters offshore. And I, I, you're meant to do like, I don't know, two or three knots within 200 meters of the shore. So I slowed down. I'm just putting past her on this jet ski. And she just started yelling out at me. What are you doing bringing that thing in here? I didn't, I didn't answer. Hi. But it's not, not the time for a stare-off. It's not the time for a stare-off. Look away. And I just, and, and she goes, the next thing she said to me, she said, you're going to go to hell. That's pretty random. You're, and th this is 50 meters offshore. She's yelling at me. You're going to go to hell. Who do you think you are? Bringing that thing in here. You're going to go to hell. And I, I, I'm going to say something. I, I said, nice talking to you. She, you know, Nice talking to you. Nice talking. Nice talking to you, you bald head nobody. That's what she said to me. You bald head nobody. I should have run her over. I took the jet ski all the way into the beach. I got into the beach and like my leg was shaking. No one likes to be abused. I went up to my Cindy and I said, "This lady, she just first she started telling me I was going to hell." And then she called me a bald head nobody. 
It's just like hatred. Just random resistance. It's just like the enemy trying to intimidate you. And that's what he does. He comes to intimidate you. People get out of their car and do a little spin on the side of the road just to try and intimidate you. God speaks to you and God says, I want you to go into this land. I want you to take this land. You're going to be the father of many nations under you and your seed. Now I'm going to bless this place, out of this place, out of this church, out of these people. I'm going to do that. And then the enemy rocks up and tries to intimidate through things that don't even exist through fears, through just random attacks like this, through strife and through hatred. But here's the thing. Isaac kept digging. Isaac just kept digging. When, when God has called you to do something and God has spoken a word to you, here's the thing. You've you got to put like those blinkers on. And you've got to say, I'm not looking at those things. I'm not trying to win a stare-off competition. I'm simply just going to keep digging. God has called me to dig, and I'm going to keep digging. And it's like you become, it's like you, those things are irrelevant in the end. It doesn't matter. The Word says, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I'm going to keep digging in this place. I'm going to dig because God has spoken a word, not in another land, in this land. This is the land God has given me in the valley, in the middle of a famine. We can have blessing because God spoke a word. When God speaks a word to you, that's all you need to know. He spoke that word. He said, do it. I'm not going to be intimidated by the enemy. I'm not going to be intimidated by what people say or think. I'm not going to be, because that's just intimidation. God speaks a word and you start to act upon that word. You will go through tension. You will go through strife. You will go through hatred. But you just got to know that it must mean that you're on the right track because the day will come on the third well. When he dug the third well, it says, Reboah, a place of enlargement and a place of blessing. God wants you to enlarge. God wants to bless you. God wants to see your descendants grow. The blinking is when we respond to the intimidation. We flinch. God speaks a word and we flinch. He speaks a word, we start doing, oh, God's called me to this church. I know we're meant to be here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve. And you make that, you make that decision? I'm gonna serve and that God's called me to C3 Noosa and I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna get on the team like Lissy said. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. The moment you make that decision, something happens to cause you to flinch. I don't know if I should do that. And it's like, in that moment we blink, we can miss, we can miss what God's doing. Okay, so uh, Jesus came walking to the disciples in a storm. There was a storm. The church grows in a storm. It grows in a climate of war. That's, that's what happened. That's how the church grows. The Bible says that Jesus would have walked on by had they not cried out to him. In other words, God would have just walked on by and they would have missed him had they not cried out. But they saw him in the middle of a storm. You've got to figure out what you're going to look at in the middle of the tension, in the middle of the strife. Am I going to look at the tension, the strife, or the storm? Or am I going to look to him who can help me in the middle? Of, because the church belongs to him. He says, I will build my church in the gates of hell. So while we have our eyes fixed on him, that's th this is what I love about Isaac. Isaac just dug. What are you, Isaac? I'm a digger. I'm just a digger. I'm not getting distracted. I'm just digging. Why are you digging? Because God told me to dig. One day I'm going to find something. I'm going to find if I keep digging. 
he keeps digging. The interesting thing about Isaac then is his wife, Rebecca. Uh, guess where they, they, they had to send a servant off of Abraham to go find Isaac a wife? That's just how they did it back in the day. <laughs> a bit different today, but uh, they had to send the servant off, and the servant goes, he's got all these camels, and he's going to go to this land. He's going to find Isaac a wife. That's what Abraham had said, go find my son a wife. And, you know, so he's going to go find her, Isaac a wife, and they arrive at a well. There's a well, and Rebekah is at the well. And the servant of Abraham had said to himself, I'm going to come upon this well. And he prayed this little prayer to God. He said, God, if there is a woman there drawing water from the well, I'm going to ask her for a drink. If she gets me a drink and she gets my camels a drink, I'll know that that's the bride for Isaac. It was like a little prayer he prayed, like I did on the boat, you know. God, you're there, get me off this boat. He just prayed this little prayer in his head. The servant of Abraham arrives at the well. There's a woman there. She's looking good. She's an attractive lady. And he comes over there and he says to the lady, he says, can I have a drink? And she says, sure, have a drink. He has a drink, gives her back the jug. She, she then says to him, would you like me to also give your camels a drink? I don't know how many camels the guy's got, but he's got lots of camels and they've got those big humps on their back, which apparently hold, I don't know how many times she had to run up and down that well to get, to get this guy's camels water. This is Isaac's wife. Isaac is, he's a worker, he's a server. He's diligent in what God told him to do. God wanted to match him with a woman. The promise to Rebecca when she was leaving her town, the promise to her was, you're going to become the mother of thousands. You're going to become the mother of millions. This woman who didn't know, uh, didn't know Isaac, yet when they asked, and this guy said, it's Abraham, the father of faith. When they asked her, she said, I will go. Because they said, you don't have to leave and go marry this stranger. You can stay. She says, no, I'll go. I'll go. Something spoke to her. She she's rides by camel from a distance. It's so cool. It's like you and me, Christian. From a distance, we saw each other. Not by camel, though. But She sees this guy in the field. She says to the servant, who is that? She sees him from a distance. Who is that? The servant said, it's Isaac. She says she puts a veil over her face and gets off. It's like this awesome little romance story. This woman that was found at a well that wanted to serve God. This man that had within him this digging attitude of I'm just going to dig. God brings the two of them together. It's like a new promise to a new generation. I totally believe and I know today that Christian and Melissa have been honored and we can get all funny about that. Oh, that's enough honoring them. We get it. Christian and Melissa, Christian and Melissa, they're awesome. All right, I get it. I get it. We can be like that. The reality is though, it's when we get that digging attitude and we go, you know what? I'm going to dig. I'm going to serve. Because God has called you into this place, into this region, C3 Noosa. Which church do you go to? C3 Noosa. Which church do you go to? C3 Noosa. Like you say it with pride. It's my church. We're doing something. God's spoken to us. Can we all stand this morning? 
Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost. Thank you, God. I'd love, uh, where's Ben? Ben and Lauren, these guys are amazing. I need my phone. Lauren, come, just come stand over here for a second because uh, I like Ben. Yeah, there he is. Listen to this. I wrote, I wrote a text message to Ben. You guys can face me. Yeah, don't face them. You got, you can, yeah, you can face me. Turn that way. Look at me. Perfect. You guys are amazing. Listen to this. I sent Ben a text saying, hey, Ben, can you get my scriptures up? Ben wrote to me, hey, Tim, I'm pretty excited for your preach. Hey, is that good? I think it's good. I was feeling pretty flat before I talked to Ben. Christian didn't know I was coming. He would have encouraged me. I'd text Ben. Ben, I'm preaching out of Genesis. He could have just said, no problem, I'll get that ready for you. He said, hey Tim, I'm excited for your preach. I'm excited. And I just, the moment, can I say this? The moment that you said that, something happened in my heart and I realized there's a gift on your life of encouragement and you could have easily not said that you could have just said oh yeah whatever I'll get your screens ready good on you but you didn't you're like I'm excited and I just even watching you Loza this morning worship lead unbelievable encouragement and I feel like you guys you're like one of those diggers that are alongside these guys that are building this church so don't ever underestimate what you're doing. I know it can be hard just digging some days. You think, man, we just dig. And when are we going to get to water? What, when, when does this thing? Don't ever underestimate what you do, what you sow. Because you're sowing something which is supernatural. And the deal is this. Sometimes if we blink in a moment, if we get intimidated in a moment, we can miss what God wants to do through us and for us. And I totally believe God is doing something through you and for you as you continue to dig, as you continue to sow into this place. You're going to see this. You're going to be like the mother of thousands upon thousands and the father just through those simple things of encouragement, just through showing up and being here. Close your eyes. Thank you, God. Father, this morning, touch them. In Jesus' name, God, fill them afresh this morning with the anointing, the power of God. Encourage and strengthen them. Holy Ghost, for another season. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Who's the, and the couple that were playing, you, you guys are going to be, you're, you're amazing. You, my kids have got a new word, it's literally. And they say it now in front of everything, literally. Dad, we're literally going to go to school today. I said, I, I know. You literally are. You guys are literally amazing. And I really, so married in three weeks' time. I just, watching you both do what you do, there's a gift and there's a touch on both of you. And so keep going, keep doing it. And I, I believe this, this marriage is just the start of so many great things that God wants to do with you guys and in this church. I love it. This man, I love the kick drum and stuff. Christian and Melissa, uh, Christian, 40 years old. 40's the new 20, brother. You know, I was thinking about you and I was just thinking about 40 and all the times in the Bible 40's mentioned. Moses in the desert, 40 years, comes out of that place into a new, into a new place. Jesus in the wilderness, 40 years. Sorry, 40 days. That would have been depressing to fast 40 years. 
40 days. And it says he comes, he, he comes out of that. There's something about 40. I, I do believe that. There really is. He comes out of that time in the power of the Holy Spirit. God spoke to Moses after 40 years in the desert. And I really believe for you, it's a, it's a, new, it's a new day for you. It's a new season. And Moses spent a lot of time in the desert wondering what he was going to do until God spoke to him and said, now, now's the time. Sorry, I just get all emotional. I'm a crier from way back. Lissy, I feel like you're like Rebecca. I feel like you're this amazing lady that has just served when you could have not. You could have easily not served. When, when asked to move to Noosa, I know you came from the northern beaches of Sydney and you had a life and a church and kids in school. And when asked to move, you said, I'll go. And I know that comes at a tremendous price and a cost that no one will ever see. When, when Rebecca, when they said to Rebecca, come, it says that the servant pulled out of his bag these gold bracelets and he stuck gold bracelets. And that was a promise to her about this new family that she belonged to. She was literally marrying into the father of nations, Abraham, the father of faith. She was marrying into something of royalty. And now she was, and it, it, it speaks of the favor of God coming upon you because of your obedience because you've served when you haven't had to serve you've gone up and down wells you've been misunderstood people have said things just because I'm just serving I'm just trying to do I really feel like it's a brand new day for both of you thank you God Father this morning Lord touch them in Jesus name encourage them God bless this amazing couple Father let your spirit of courage and boldness come into them now this morning in Jesus mighty name Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. All right, we got to finish. This is awesome, man. I love this church. I honestly do. It's such an amazing place. I want to ask, I don't know anyone here today, just these guys, but uh, I want to ask if maybe you're here this morning and you've actually never asked Jesus Christ into your heart. I did that when I was... 20 years old was that day and uh, best day I ever best decision I ever made didn't quite understand it all but knew that it was the right thing to do and I want to ask this morning if you're here maybe you've never asked God into your heart you've never prayed a prayer where you've said hey God would you come into my life or maybe you're here and you've just you've kind of been around but you just feel like you've drifted maybe away from God a bit or away from church and you're thinking, you know what, today I want to recommit. I want to, I want to start digging again. I want to get back involved. Can we just all close our eyes this morning? If that's you this morning and you'd like to pray that prayer, I believe God will be speaking to you right now. You'll feel it on your heart. You'll feel this thought of, I, I need to do that. I want to do that. Or maybe you need to kind of recommit and come back to God. If that's you, could you just quickly raise your hand? Slip your hand up right now. I'll see it. Just say, that's awesome. Thank you. You can put it down. Is there anyone else here this morning? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. That's fantastic. Hey, can I pray for you? Can you come, can you come up here? Just come stand up here next to me. Thank you, Lord. That's fantastic. Can I, I'm just going to hold your hand, not in a weird way. <laughs> Don't look at me anymore. Why don't you just pray this prayer after me? Say, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I receive you, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and as my Savior. I renounce the devil. Forgive me, God. I thank you, Lord, that I am saved, that I'm a brand new creation. Thank you, God. Father, right now, I thank you, Lord, for this amazing lady. God, it's a brand new day and a brand new start for her. I really feel like the old stuff is gone. There is no shame. There is no guilt. There is no condemnation. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to second guess yourself. You don't have to flinch. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, touch her, God. Amen. Amen. Well done. You know, yeah. Hey, well, thanks, guys, for listening today. It's been so good. So glad to be here. I'll invite Pastor Christian back to come. Yeah, take it. Awesome, awesome. Come on, let's thank Tim this morning. What a word. What a phenomenal word. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.